Nicholas, we're Joseph, back. we're back, and we are uh, we're in a very special location. This is is this the wait is this the first on location? Uh, cold yeah. cans we've ever done. I think it might be. Oh my! Other, well, other than our camping trip or whatever, our cabin. Oh trip. yeah, we did one in the cabin trip. I don't remember much of that. First one, on location frank. in Seattle. Have we ever even told the story about the cabin trip and how, how sick we got? Sick we got. <laughs> we could save that for we'll a different. Save it, yeah. Uh, and that was that night that we did this cold can. Um, we're at a very special location with a very special returning guest yes. to the show, drinking a very special beer. The we'll Amer- see. We'll see about that, Joe. I get, well. The beer itself can be special, regardless of how much we like it. Uh, we are in the the abode of Zach Jabal. Thank you, Zach, for both having us and being on the show. Uh, you are very welcome, and I think you should thank my wife, Caitlin, for frying cheese curds. That was making you feel almost too at home. I gotta say, right? Yeah, yeah. you're not gonna get us out of here. We do have a plate of yeah hot fried cheese curds in front of us on this table. Yeah, if oh, the show sounds distracted at all, you you all can empathize <laughs> if that plate of cheese curds is in front of us. Now, no eating on mic, though. Oh, we will, come on, we will keep that instituted. No eating on mic. Nicholas. There is a mute. Mute knob on your microphones. Use it if you need I'll to. I'll use the mute knob. I feel like Joey's nickname in high school was Mute Knob. <laughs> I'm just that's assuming. Right. He didn't start talking until he went to college. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. The cold cans is actually the first words I spoke was episode one. Uh, yeah, well, should we yeah. take Let's a first we, I don't sip? Think you actually said what the beer I don't think was. we oh, did. did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was going to kind of try to do it like... I was going to figure out a way to do it, and then I just got excited. I told you the cheese curds are on the table. It's going to be a distracted episode. They were. Um, this is the oldest operating brewing company in America, established in wow. 1829 and still family-owned. I learned that uh, from our lovely host and guest on the show. Uh, we're drinking an East Coast staple, Yingling's traditional lager today on the cheers, show. Cheers. 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 See, now that's good. It's a nice sip. Yeah, it, it's good because as like a staple of a beer, you know, in the Midwest, what is it? Ham, splats, lionies. Lionies is good, but I just feel like you know you're getting a lot of kind of. Does that ruin the point you were trying to make? Yeah, it absolutely. Okay, steps on the point back. I was trying to make. You can edit the hams. Okay, so the but this is like an amber lager that feels like it's a touch. There's a touch of taste that you don't amber get lager. in. No, <laughs> enough. You don't. You've never even had a joke with that ever before. That's why it's great. No, yeah, that's why. That's it's why great. people love it. People love it. Uh, there's good taste to it. There's good flavor for a beer that's you know ubiquitous over there. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why when I was in college, this was a beer that I drank a lot of. Is a it's in college on the East Coast, right? Yes, yeah, okay. in New York. So a pretty reasonably priced. You know, not your absolute cheapest beer, but definitely affordable, widely available. And yeah, the sweetness that you get from the amber mm. malt in here is definitely sets it apart from yeah a lot of the kind of macro lagers that you find mm-hmm. throughout a lot of the rest of the country. And even like another kind of classic uh, central Pennsylvania beer like uh, Rolling Rock, which I also drink a lot of. Ah. But like Rolling Rock, I, I mean, no, no slander to the folks of Rolling Rock, but like Rolling Rock tastes... <laughs> Gross. Yeah, um, like it does. It, it, yeah, like I drank a lot of it because it was really cheap. Yeah, but it's not good. And Yingling is good. And I remember, especially there was a place um, we're tripping down memory lane here with me when I was in college. Uh, we had a place that we used to go to uh, called Phoebe's that had ten cent wing nights uh, on Wednesday nights. Which I mean, in the middle of Manhattan, ten cent anything was basically like. Um, I don't even know how they. It, it now I think about it, it, it staggers the mind to think about what. They possibly were serving us, My goodness, but it was like yeah. it was. You, but there was a two drink minimum. Some type of bird, maybe not. Yeah. chicken wings. I mean, I don't even, pigeon. I guess <laughs> uh, there are a lot of those, and um, it was a uh, it was a two drink minimum, and and uh, Yingling was one of the like you know always on draft, and so I drank. There were a lot of nights where I had <laughs> some multiple of ten <laughs> wings and some multiple of two ten Yinglings. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know if I ever got quite to ten, but um, and so it's a very. Uh, it's a very memorable flavor, and uh, and one that I, oh, you know, wow. I, I mean, being here now in Seattle, I almost never get because yeah. it never arrives here. It's not distributed in the West Coast, but yeah. uh, the fine folks at the brewery sent me these beers, so I'm sure they'd be glad to know that uh, 
we are uh, drinking them and talking about would them they? on this. That's right. We're far sp- more popular podcast than mine. <laughs> would they be <laughs> We're glad spreading to know? the gospel on the, Cole Can's podcast. Yeah, we, we did just get another plate of cheese curds, yeah, by I the mean, way, from the distraction. <laughs> I mean, uh, we'll be back in an hour. <laughs> it I, will not take you an hour to eat those cheese curds, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty true. sure. We'll be back 11 nap. seconds. The yeah. nap afterwards. Yeah, I'll just be filling a little bit of time before they're gone. I did a terrible job introducing Zach because I assumed that Cold Can's Nation is well acquainted sure. with his story. Every listener we've had has, has listened to all 127. It. So I should, I, I should probably just the three I've been on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I should Big Jabal stands on the Cold Can's Nation. <laughs> oh, I know we can't. Enough with the Jabal stands. We've heard enough. He's here. All right, we got you what you wanted. Uh, no, but you're a, you're a man with a professional palate and the a host of the Vine Bear po- Vine Pear podcast. <laughs> Ooh, Vine Bear. I'm intrigued now. <laughs> I feel like uh, I don't know that we're uh, maybe some 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 merch opportunities are occurring to me now. See, this is what I'm here for. <sighs> Thank you. My verbal uh, stumbles. <laughs> yeah, but he's, uh, he's drank. I can assure you, no le- no more than a third of that beer. You, you don't know how much I've drank today, though. That's my, true. My the Bucks boy. did win a basketball game, so I imagine they you're, did. Go Bucks, go go Bucks. Uh, host of the Vine Pair Podcast, a man with a professional palate. Is what I meant to say. That's a, that's tough to get out, but I did. Eventually. You did. You did a great job. Thanks, guys. Um, and what what other episodes were you on? You were on Grolsch? We did. So my first ever episode with you guys was Delirium Tremens. That's right. Uh, yeah. You hashtag, brought us. You introduced number us. two. Yes. Um, and then I was on Grolsch. And then Caitlin and I joined you for, um, we did Fremont Summer Ale. Yep. Oh, that's which right. You, which you both, all, actually the three of you panned. Yeah, <laughs> I was alone in liking. <laughs> I'm still not a summer ale guy, but I'll, I'll give it another shot this year but, as the weather warms. That was also like deep pandemic. Like we right. had one microphone between the two of. I, I I felt bad going back and listening to it because it was definitely. I mean, you know, not the high highest quality <laughs> professional audio that you guys usually People achieve. are used to. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> but again, the Jabal stands out there. They don't let us enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's the that's the deep album cut that only the true stands appreciate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the in the Grolsch episode, Caitlin had provided us with some pretzel rolls, that's if true. I remember correctly. My goodness, pretzel bites, I believe. Pretzel and bites some, and yeah. some uh, mustard and pimento cheese dip. That's yeah, right. She comes through with the Wisconsin treats from time to time. Wonderful, the endless generosity. Thank you again. She's she now toasted eating the cheese, cheese curd, curd herself. <laughs> she so, toasted yeah. a cheese curd toward us. One uh, one question that came to mind when you were telling about your college uh, days with Yingling. Was there a difference for you on draft versus cans and bottles and whatnot? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like the the majority of the time I had it was on draft. And then mm-hmm. if I had it other than that, it was bottles. And we're drinking out of cans. And I, I don't know that there's an appreciable difference. Um, but yeah, I think it was a draft beer or a bottled beer for me. And I and I, again, I think more often draft because weirdly too, this is dating myself here, but like in the early to mid 2000s in New York, there was actually kind of a paucity of like more local craft breweries. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Brooklyn Brewery was out and that was like a big deal. But I mean that and like Magic Hat, which is I think in Vermont or New Hampshire or something was like also ubiquitous. But like Yingling was... The thing you would find that wasn't, you know, you know, Bud Miller Coors, basically, mm-hmm. and and so it was all, it was all over New York City, and and people drank a lot of it. I, I assume to some extent they still do, but I think some of that has been replaced as you know, New York itself has gotten many more craft beer, uh, craft breweries, but you mm-hmm. know, it's been a long time since I lived there. Okay, yeah, is New York known for a craft brewery scene at all? At least in New York <laughs> well, if City. You, if you listen to the Vine Pair or Vine Bear podcast, uh, <laughs> I've been listening to Vine Bear this whole time, and it makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> yeah, uh, my co-hosts talk a lot about beer in the area because obviously they're based in New York, sure. and so they they have a lot more experience. Um, I will say, like one of the things that was always prohibitive, um, especially in Manhattan, but even in other parts of the city, is you know space is expensive, and yeah. not that brewing is the most space intensive thing, but you know, you have to have equipment. And, and so there was, especially in Manhattan, there, there were not, and still are not more than maybe two or three breweries. Um, right. again, it's just kind of like never been, you know, New York, if you think about it, especially Manhattan again, is like this fascinating vacuum for, for everything consumable, right? Like it all flows in there because I mean, the city itself and Manhattan in particular, like there's no, there's no, nothing is 
grown or made or whatever oh, sure. raised there. The so concrete like, jungle. Yeah, exactly. The big apple. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> they do grow apples yeah. there. That's surprisingly, right. <laughs> surprisingly, a lot of orchards. But other than that, yeah, yeah. It's always confusing. And the, and the Central Park squirrels. Yes, exactly. Good eating. Good wings. Yeah. Um, I do remember my last or most recent trip to New York. In Brooklyn, there seemed to be some hey, concentration I'm here. Of, yeah. I, yo, I'm walking here to the craft yeah. brewery down the street. It's actually yes. the name of the brewery is I'm, I'm walking, walking here. here brewery. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. But you, you did discover some good craft beer in Brooklyn? Yeah. Upon uh, your co-host of the Vine Bear podcast, uh, Adam <laughs> Teeter's recommendation. Yeah. The uh, Brooklyn, I do not remember the names of them, but was wondering if, yeah. if you had been to any of them before. I haven't. Okay. Um, I, I think that what you see, I mean, again, a thing that's distinct about, again, dating myself at the time I lived in New York versus when, versus now, there's much more kind of cutting edge stuff happening in Brooklyn to some extent, also in like even in Queens. Okay. And so that, you know, the, the if you think about like, again, grounding it here in Seattle, if you think about the the places in Seattle where there are a lot of breweries, Ballard, um, you know, in Fremont, uh, and, and other parts of the city as well, you know, they're places that were industrial yeah, that are converted. becoming more yep. residential. And the yep. same is sort of true for these areas in in Brooklyn and whatnot that were I mean, New York's always had more just residential, you know, pockets all over the place because, you know, there's just lots of people there. But a lot of what you've seen is these sort of, you know, either post industrial or like sort of still a little bit of industrial production of things, but now it's like instead of a place where they make, you know, belts or something, yeah. it's a place where they make beer or yeah, you know yeah, yeah. or bitters or, you know, someone's making kombucha. Like that stuff is is what's in those spaces. And that's just gonna, you know, that's gonna be, you know, it's I mean, again, I guess we're talking gentrification, but yeah. it's also just kind of like it's a different vibe. And, and again, when I was there, yep. I was also a college student. So like, again, you know, what did I do? I wasn't going out to Brooklyn to check out the cool breweries. <laughs> like we were drinking beers in our dorm rooms um, or apartments or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, I think it's got a, a, a pretty vibrant scene, but it's also like, uh, like I think beer is weird because there's such a disconnect between in a lot of places where, where the ingredients come from and where the beer is made because it's just sort of like it can be that way and so i think some of the greatest breweries can be in new york city even if they're working with grain from who knows where and hops mm. from you know washington state and sure. all that stuff so it, it is more possible that a place can catch up quickly when it comes to making beer in a way that with other things maybe they just couldn't um if they oh, hadn't sure. had sort of a long tradition so yeah logistics and distribution to that area is possible but mm-hmm. there's the space isn't but like you said like queens and brooklyn there's i guess a little more space obviously yeah. manhattan you're right. not gonna open a craft brewery yeah, yeah. i mean anywhere. there are one or two oh, okay. in part because people have sort of recognized the other thing that's true about craft breweries right and you guys know this and and you know either have experienced it uh, relatively recently or at least can remember it in the dim pre-pandemic past like part of the appeal of a craft brewery wherever it is is in bringing people together and being a sort of source of community yeah. not just a source of beer and so yeah there's lots and lots of people in manhattan and so having a few breweries that can offer that within within you know on manhattan so that people who want that experience don't have to go to brooklyn or queens or the bronx or whatever um there are a few but yeah it's very expensive and you kind of have to have mm-hmm. the right you know, got to be able to bring in a lot of people. It's a lot of beer to make yeah, that exactly. financially make sense. Yeah. By the way, I looked them up. Threes Brewing and yep. Other Half Brewing are the two <laughs> in Brooklyn. <laughs> They're the ones Adam talks about all the time. Right. Yeah. Threes and Other Half. So if half, you're ever okay. in, in Brooklyn, check those out. A old friend of mine, best man in my wedding, is moving out to New York. That's right. Between now and the end of the year at some point uh, for a, a job. And that's very exciting. So when he listens, as he inevitably will, mm. he'll go check out Big Jabal Stan. Yeah, he's, he's part of the Jabal, the Jabal cabal, and, uh, and he's going. Yeah, that's why he's moving to New York. He yes. knew the background of yeah. of Zach. There. He's trying to retrace his steps. Yeah, <laughs> a mecca of sorts. He's going to look for all those ten cent wings that no longer exist. <laughs> he's going to be pissed off. Knowing him, he uh, he will search out ten cent wings, and he'll be sick. Sick. Very yeah. sick. Um, coming back to the Yingling, yes. I could see this being one that you just drive down. You yeah. know, one where you kind of come ambling out of the bedroom on a Sunday morning and you see a bunch of four you see a bunch of half oh gotcha half full yinglings and you're like oh I can't even fucking look at the yingling <laughs> that's kind of what this beer screams to me but it's tastes good I think that's the, I guess again what I keep coming back to everything we drank in the Midwest good. the staples 
didn't taste like this because we weren't drinking Lining Kugels. It wasn't as accessible, I would say, uh, as Yingling because of you know, we didn't have any fucking mm-hmm. money. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really like that. So I, I, uh, I'm jealous of that uh, availability that you guys have out there with, with this particular beer. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's sometimes one of those beers where you just kind of go like, it does exactly what it set out to do. Which is deliver like a little bit more of that sort of again amber malt flavor than than you would get in a traditional kind of macro lager or whatever, yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not going to give you much in the way of hops. It's not going to give you, it's not a particularly complex beer, but, but it's also not aiming to be. Yeah, but but then again, like I feel like I've had a lot of either amber lagers or amber lager adjacent. Don't I saw the little glint in your eye? Uh, <laughs> Adjacent beers out here, you know, on tap where I'm paying $8, and it more or less tastes like this. Like, this yeah. has enough flavor to get by. If, if this was called, you know, Bill's fucking red, you know. <laughs> Bill's bear. Yeah. Um, but I think, the thinking back to the Wisconsin and Blee, that was the amber lager, right? Yeah, That was the one we had. Amber. This, yes, I hardly lager. There's crowd's, nothing there. Crowd's going wild right now. <laughs> I know. Um, you should put bumpers in. Much like Oreo Man, the video you created. Um, yes, Colcan's heads no. It's sort Check of it out on the, the internet by, by storm. Yes, sort of a viral sensation. It like is. Charlie bit my finger, but keep going. <laughs> um, I mean, this tastes roughly like that. And to your point, that Wisconsinably ale or whatever is probably much more expensive than this. Probably you know, at least thirty percent more. Yeah, and so it's this premium just checks, thing. Yeah, exactly. Checks yeah. all the boxes it needs to. Um, and has a cool backstory as well. Did we burn bridges with the Drink Wisconsinably company? Didn't they get mad at us about something? I think they did. They they sent us a a little pithy Instagram message that was like, if you guys are looking for any real facts about our brewery, like hit us up. We'll What's be on the, the show deal or whatever. With that? I mean, we will hit you up if you want to be on the show, but <laughs> what the fuck? I think it was we because don't know what we we're talking were, about. I know. Well, yeah, that's what they were. <laughs> At least they, they, they listen. clearly never listen to the podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Listen to that one, thought they were going to get an act of journalism <laughs> or something. Yeah. And it is not that. Uh, I think it was that whole thing we were doing about the t shirts. Yeah. The, the, you know, so this they, is a brand. Oh, no. I listened to the episode. Oh, okay. Did you listen? Okay. I, 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 I'm not, uh, you know, I don't think I've, I never, I didn't go back and, uh, and re listen to the deep catalog when I <laughs> started listening after, at some point after meeting Nick and then some point after he, like produced a number or, you know, was the engineer for a number of yeah. Vine Pair or Vine Bear mm. podcast episodes. He'd sort of let slip that he had a beer podcast. And I was mm-hmm. like, it seems like a thing you could have told me before, but <laughs> he's a know, modest, modest man. Yeah. I think he just modest assumed Midwestern I had to know. Or... He's like, oh, you mean, come on. Yeah, you <laughs> haven't heard of it? I am, he's Everyone not just knows. a Nick Patriot. He's that yes. Nick Patriot. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I definitely listened to the drink Wisconsinably. Yeah, it's a fine company. You're yeah. fine if you're fucking still listening. <laughs> you're you have the one slogan you made a whole enterprise on it. They I did. saw we talked about the Bucks game. The Bucks are playing in a playoff series right now, the first round playoff series against the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. and they were doing some like B-real footage outside the Pfizer Forum, the yeah. Bucks Arena, and the Drink Wisconsin Blue has a store there. And oh, they were wow. selling merch Good and it them. was like front and center in this B-real while Marv Albert you know, talked about CarMax, and that's like a big moment for them. That's yeah, that's and pretty they got huge. Mad at us on social media. <laughs> that's pretty nice. Yeah, Colcans has really made it. Yeah, you were basically on TNT. Yeah, yeah. Marv Albert knows us. Yeah, Marv, Marv Albertsons. This that's right. Hey, hey, yeah, hey. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> his uh, his I actually have met his son Kenny a few times because Kenny is oh right an NYU like me and NYU. Oh, that's and, cool. And was on many years before me that our did uh, sports radio at NYU. Nice. And nice. so he was kind enough to come in a couple times and appear on the radio wow. show that I was one of the hosts of. Um, he's a very nice guy. Uh, that's pretty a cool. staple. He's an absolute rock of solid Sunday. staple. Well, yeah, like, yes. well, he does every sport. He's the only, I think he's the only, I feel like I've read this not that long ago. He's like the only broadcaster who's done some number of like MLB NBA, NFL, and NHL games. Like he does really? it all. Wow. Yeah, he's just a. He just he does them all. It or makes has sense. Done them all. He's just kind of that classic professional kind yeah. of vibe. Like Kenny this, Moose and Goose, the yeah, old the Kenny old Moose and Goose. team. And I swear this was not planned at all. But like this is fascinating to me because Yingling is this weird example of a thing that's pretty rare in this country, wherein multiple generations of a family have the same profession, um, and like 
you know, that's atypical here, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kenny Albert, obviously, he's followed in his father's footsteps. Um, like, were either of you inclined to do what your parents did? I mean, I assume oh, they did. Oh, my didn't. goodness. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I've heard them referenced on the show a few times. Ran but, Man, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> I will have to break it to you that I was never inclined to be a landscaper nor a logger. Um, I'll drink a logger. Amber? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going out into the woods, Ran Man, and I'm not landscaping uh, anymore. I used to I used to work for him, and it sucked. It was hard labor, but I love you, Dad. What about you? Yeah, this is a great question. I, it's I something like, I haven't yeah, thought about in a part. while, but yeah. My dad played football in college, so I think I wanted to be like him in that respect. But he he was a like technology teacher in the school district. That I don't think I ever um, wanted to be. But yeah, the sports thing for sure, for sure. But beyond that, not really. My brother was kind of that guy. He's doing the job now that my dad used to do. Ah. Not the exact same job, but the same role. And he's older, right? So he got to kind of like... My brother, yeah. yeah. Oh, he staked that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now here you sit mind, doing this but- shit. Yeah, exactly. And my dad had a beer podcast. I always <laughs> wanted right. to do that yeah. as well. Um, Mine too. I have the old seventy eights somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was I'm, it was both of our dads doing <laughs> a podcast. Yeah, we're talking about the fifth generation of the Angling family. <laughs> How then. about you? What did your dad do? Uh, my dad is a high school teacher. Uh, oh, nice. But but actually, it's funny because I he's done a lot of things. Um, he and, and I definitely both sort of did and didn't follow in his footsteps, if that makes sense. Like, he was, when I was a a little kid, he was a television producer um, and was in, and has been in journalism in a few different fashions. And obviously I have some of that. Uh, And my dad also worked at times when I was a kid and also uh, some before I was born as a cook. Uh, And obviously I have a love of food. And when I was younger, I thought I was going to maybe cook professionally very quickly learned after starting down that path that it was not for me, uh, preferred the part of it where you, uh, you know, got paid more and had to work less hard. Yeah. Um, weren't getting burned by exactly grease. Yeah. Less frequently for sure. (laughs) Um, and I, and I've had at times thought about teaching and I mean, sort of do education as a part of my job in some fashions as well, but so, I mean, yes and no. Um, yeah. But, you know, never – I think the thing that more than anything else that I got from my dad and to some extent from my mom was sort of like that you didn't have a single – like my dad didn't do the same thing for 40 years mm. and then retire. I mean, he's still not retired. But, um, you know, he has done a number of things in my life and, you know, more before I was born. And that, I think, has been the thing that's resonated with me. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it was just interesting because I think about – you know, these businesses and like for the Yinglings to have six generations, I mean, probably the first few, there were a lot fewer options in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. And if your family had a successful business, you probably weren't yeah. like, well, you know what I'd really like to do is, you know, go to art school. Right. Um, but, but for the current generation that's in there, you know, older than us, I think in their forties, you know, running it now, you know, that probably were the first generation who could have said, you know, whatever, I want to go do something else. Let's sell this to ABM. Yeah. Or, or, you know, maybe, or that, you know, I think all of the, I interviewed two of the sisters, I think four, all four of them are involved in the brewery in some fashion. I mean, the other thing true is with a business that's not that Yingling is huge, but it's big enough that probably kind of what you're interested in doing, you can, if you're, if you're one of the Yinglings, you can kind of be like, yeah, I'm going to do this or that, you know, I'm not going to, I, you know, I don't know that you're quite as locked into, you know, Glock landscaping or whatever, mm-hmm. Randy. Little Wolf it. landscaping. Ah, that's right. Little Wolf, huh? That's where we were actually technically from. So oh, okay. Well, yeah. I was from Little Wolf. You were from Manoa. Oh, yeah. No, you were- yeah, yeah. I was about bullshit. quarter mile outside the Manoa city limits. But, yeah. No, I don't know. You were in Manoa. Little Wolf he was a surrounds city kid. Manoa. City slicker over here. Manoa is like a... In totally landlocked by Little Wolf <laughs> and, the rest, and also the rest of Wisconsin. And the rest of Wisconsin. <laughs> like the Vatican, in a way. <laughs> the, what jumped to mind was you talked about all this is I would think in a lot of cases th- there's a lot of pressure and potentially there's people who don't want to be in that profession and feel like they have to when something is as successful as Yingling and Little Wolf Landscaping. To, yeah. Uh, but like... And so, like what you were saying, your dad being kind of a renaissance man and and learning a bunch of different skills and uh, applying them, that resonates with me. I would want my children to certainly feel like they're – never feel like, yeah, you know what? I run 
I run Little Wolf Landscaping and you're going to run Little Wolf Landscaping right. and I don't give a shit. Yeah. You little did shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Little wolf shit? Yeah. I'm little wolf shit. Um, did, when in the Yingling line, like, are they still the brewers of the beer? Or are they kind of just running the company now? I think they probably have someone. I mean, I, this is a good question that I'm just going to kind of pull the answer to out of my ass. So please, apologies. you're on Cold Cans Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. No other kind of answer is allowed. Um, I suspect that they, you know, they have a large brewery staff. You know, it's, I mean, at a brewery of their scale and others, like there's, I mean, someone has the title of head brewer, but like, you know, lots of different people are involved in making the beer in any, in any given sure. batch. So yeah, I don't think that they're, you know, G- generation one, you know, whatever DG Yingling or whatever his yeah. initials were, I'm sure he brewed the beer. Um, gener- I don't know at what point the brewery got large enough that they had either other people working with or just taking over the brewing operations. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the thing about it still is that no one, they've at least been able to keep it going, you know, within the family in some capacity for that amount of time. Cause I think that's, you know, that again, you're, you're right that maybe with a successful business like that, it's pretty, it's a little more compelling. And, you know, again, <laughs> yeah. I've talked to, you know, a lot of winemakers in Europe and stuff like that, where you often have these, you know, generations, even, you know, six or more. And I think they're there where it's, it's also often connected to a, a vineyard and a piece of land. And that's, there is a certain way in which they're, you know, those people are often raised into it you know they're working in the vineyard or in the winery from the time they're a child mm-hmm. you may not be able to escape that to some extent mm-hmm. but there's also i think a lot of just pride in that kind of venture to be like you know whether True. you're a yingling or a whatever you know brewer and i mean a, a winemaker or vineyard owner in france or spain or whatever you know it's your often your family's name on there and and it's meaningful to have you want that yeah yeah to kind of carry that forward um but there are also lots of examples of, of in Europe and other places of of kids being like, you know what, I don't want to do this. You know, yeah. I, I'm not interested in living in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. You know, working really hard to make a small amount of wine. I want to go live in you know Paris or Rome or you know wherever I want to, or you know, move to the United States or start a podcast. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, in the grand scheme of like human existence, that's a pretty new phenomenon, right? That you could just go do whatever the hell you wanted. That your parents and their parents and their parents did before like that was this institution exactly you just had or not even an institution necessarily like if you're all farmers or whatever you just kind of had to farm because there was nothing else to do that's somewhat of a recent more recent thing i mean especially even like us living across the country from uh, you know central wisconsin like that's pretty new even from that area obviously people have been doing it just like possibility of yeah that is yeah so not even if you're turning your back on what was otherwise a successful business but Mm -hmm. just even the ability to like oh there's these other jobs out there that i can go and do but Uh, i think that's fundamental to i mean this is gonna get like a little bit of i don't know whatever but like (laughs) i think that that specific thing you're talking about nick is fundamental to understanding something about the american identity because that is the thing that i think whether consciously or not so many people left europe in particular but in the past, but also have left lots of other places um, more recently to come here for, for that very idea that you could strike out on your own. And whether that mm-hmm. was, you know, moving west into frontier lands or even now just being like, I can reinvent myself. I mean, there's this incredible history and tradition in this country of people doing that. And sometimes to really, you know, horrible ends, um, you know, but but there is this idea that here in a way that was not true in a lot of Europe in a especially in the past where you know not only were people you know situations like people were farmers but there was you know often the job your parents did was a job you were you were constrained by class and by society yeah. you had to do it you know if you were if your dad was a chimney sweep you were going to be a chimney sweep you had those like skills yeah. you know but right. also like but also you the, not only those were the skills you had but like you were not allowed to do something oh. else you could not mm-hmm. rise above your station and like um and so, you know, here I think we've prized maybe almost to some extent too much that idea that each of sure. us in a successive generation can become whatever we want to become. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, as someone who has a, you know, who's a parent himself now, it's interesting to think about these things because, you know, you have a different perspective, or at least for me, I have a different perspective when I have a kid and think about, you know, I don't want to tell my son um, what to do. I don't mm-hmm. want to tell him what, you know, professionally or whatever, but I also want him to feel as if, 
um, he isn't obligated to do something different than me just so that he can feel like his own person. Right? Sure. So yeah. what I'm hearing you say is Yingling is is a run as a monarchy and is <laughs> as un-American as it gets. Is that sort of what you're getting at there? Um, I think that's a, a one way to interpret what I said. Sure. <laughs> However, um, in 1829, when it was founded, uh-oh. it was founded by a German immigrant who set off to reinvent himself and yep. then, you know, ultimately then created a an institution, six generations now and running. And in 2021, we're seeing kind of the the seeds seeds of change. Sure. The seeds of change we're seeing because they're expanding and are partnering with Molson Coors in Texas um, to have not just distribution, to have Molson Coors brew mm-hmm. Yingling. So there's a little bit of, uh, I guess, potentially somebody deciding that they're going to hand off at least that little portion of this. Maybe that's in the spirit of growth. But yeah, that's the American spirit part. And, they're yeah, growing. Say, another yeah. Amer- another, <laughs> another American, American thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so... Yeah, I think we figured out the American ethos here and now can understand pretty much anything that comes our way right. with regards to politics. And especially or... our relationships with our fathers. <laughs> yeah, we just figured I have that, that figured out now. What else are podcasts for but figuring <laughs> that out? <laughs> you can either you know start a podcast or go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. And the That's healthier way to do it true. is to start a podcast. Yeah, Speaking of healthy, cheaper. you guys are not eating enough of those cheese curds. I flipped it it's on Newton 8. I did. I just did. Yeah, do you... We got to... Get oh, no, it into I'm, the middle I, of the plate. The common. I mean, plate I'm going again. to be eating we will, a yeah. fistful. Now, um, Joe, we have had this this little surprise staring us in the face here. I, I make want to make sure we don't skip intrigued? over that. I'm very intrigued. Are you boys intrigued? Yeah. Um, One of my lovely wedding napkins is <laughs> sitting over it. Yes. Well, it's kind of like a little fun reveal I'll do, where I'll pull it off as a waiter would uh, to a dish with a big tin. <laughs> call it, it's called a cloche. As a waiter would do with a cloche, I'll pull off this. Now, let me give you a little backstory before you take this picture, Nick. Oh, boy. I went to my doctor the other day, and he said, Joey, (laughs) he said, Joey, you know I love you very much, but uh, every time you come in here, every time you have had too much alcohol, and and too much alcohol is bad for your body. Your body's going to suffer at this, your liver, so on and so forth. Um, and if you come in here with too much alcohol one more time, I'm going to wring your little neck is what he said to me. Wow. So I said, I'm telling you, you need to get a new doctor. Well, we'll talk about that. But so I said, doc, what do I got to do? What do you want me to fucking do doc? And he said, I have a prescription for you. And what I'm about to unveil is exactly what he prescribed. This is surreal brewing companies, non-alcoholic Kolsch, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, I, I want to point out here. that Joey is currently wearing an athletic brewing company hat. So this is some <laughs> Doctor's like... Doctor's orders. I mean, yeah. but this is also some like... I, I don't know if this is Joey cheating on athletic brewing, Joey just having an sort of, you wow. know, a, a sort of agreement, but... Uh, Surreal I, brewing. I gotta say, I, I kind of didn't think I would ever be drinking a non... Athletic, athletic Brewing Company. Uh, don't you guys have a have a promo code? We here at Cold Cans <laughs> love Athletic Brewing. Enter promo we code do. Cold Cans twenty five at checkout for twenty five percent off your first order. Now, is and that you promo can code up, still active, Joe? You can sign up for new emails <laughs> if you've used it once already. All right. The this though I found in our local PCC. Wow. Pacific big PCC guy co op community Puget co-op. consumer co op. Okay, there it is. Um, Those of us who are from this area <laughs> might know that. I'm a you, might, you might be aware member. that we are that we are uh, oh. living next to Puget Sound. Really? Yeah. You don't hard say. to believe that big body of water out there to the west. Sound water, a sound of water. I've heard a sound of music. Sound of mind. Something your doctors never said to you. Certainly How is not. It? Um, I really like it, and I want you guys to try. It. You certainly don't have to drink the whole thing, um, but <laughs> I think we've seen an expansion of the. Oh, two poor it's reactions like, from the get-go. Beer seltzer is what it tastes what? like to me. We've seen expansions in the non-alcoholic space. Athletic has been there. Uh, I, the Heineken NA is always available. And I like having a beer during the week. I do not like drinking alcohol every night of the week. Unfortunately, the pandemic got me a little bit in that groove. <laughs> and so I decided if I have a craving for a cold beer on a Tuesday, I'm going to start trying more NAs. And that'll scratch that itch and I won't feel you know so bad. And That's smart. Uh, and this has been a new option that's cropped up. It, the last time I went to PCC, I saw it for the very first time. Surreal Brewing, I thought, was a good name for an NA brewery. 
And the most important point, 17 calories. Most so, NA beers have a lot more than that. Yeah, you can tell. Now we have yes, a hand up. I agree. The calories sometimes uh, relate to flavor, I would say, <laughs> Joe. So it does not shock me that this has 17 calories in it. Really? I, I thought this had flavor, and now I'm drinking it after this yingling, and it does not. But I mean, it's, it's let's say, like you've seen this thing in the NA space that's kind of adjacent, which is like hop waters, which yeah. are kind mm. of like. The idea of like, let's give you a little essence of something in essentially sparkling water. And this is more analogous to that to me than like what I would call like even the athletic brewing, uh, whatever the lightest beer they have is. I forget what it's called Before now. the Dawn or something. Yeah, like, or not, which is that's not probably it. my least favorite of their beers just because it's a little too like this. Like there's just a little too, there's not enough there. Run Wild is it? No, that's the IPA. That's, that's the IPA. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think Golden Dawn or something is the. Something Pilsner Dawn. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Forget what it is. And it's it's all right, but it's I, I think of the beers they make, it's probably the one I would least be inclined to. Mm. And this to me kind of is in that wow vein of just like like it's I mean look this is a really tricky thing. I was actually uh, I've done a lot of interviews with people making things in the NA space lately because it's it's of interest and you know mm-hmm. people are are intrigued by it. It's really hard to hit flavor and low calorie count. I mean, it's just true. It's well, just really sure. difficult to do, even if there's no alcohol, right? Where, you know, alcohol is going to give you a certain calorie count kind of mm-hmm. no matter what. But, but you know, alcohol also conveys flavor in addition to, you know, in, you know intoxicating us. Yeah. It's a, it's a really effective, um, you know, a lot of flavor compounds are much more soluble in alcohol than they are in water. And that's why, mm. you know, things that are, either made without alcohol or have the alcohol removed, it's very hard to not lose all the flavor. It's why you can't just, sadly, I guess, you can't just remove the alcohol and leave yeah. everything else behind. It just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I can concede that there's a muted flavor here, but I will say going from Yingling to this probably really brought that out more than when I, you notice yeah. there was three in this four-pack I bought because I had one the other day. And when I just cracked that thing off, I drank it and I was like, you're, yeah. My doctor put me on the right <laughs> path Got finally. Right meds, Joe, yeah. I, think the, I think the key test here is can you eat a cheese curd with it? Can you pair it? Because, you know, the cheese curd, also a crucial part of health. Parable of or bearable? Course. My doctor also prescribed homemade deep fried cheese curds last time <laughs> I went in. Um all right, I'm going to try a big one. This is a big one. That's a big boy you got there. Yeah. And then I'm going to pair it with the Cole. So I'm going to go on mute. Nick, fill time. Go on mute. Uh, so Athletic Brewing, you mentioned the seltzer thing. Have you had their hop seltzer? I have not. Okay. No. I ordered a sixer of the... They have a grapefruit one. I think oh, they're mostly citrusy. Okay. And Makes I think sense. for someone who likes hops, they would be good. I didn't care for them that much. I'm not a huge hop head, as, yes. as the yes. nation they're the, knows. They're the malt boy. Malt the malt man. man. Please, you've been, you've I was, been, you've <laughs> been you've a grown into mom, for, yeah for like a year now. <laughs> Congrats! Uh, but uh, yeah, it was. You had a malt mitzvah. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> the, so yeah, the uh, they call them like day pack or something. The, oh the yeah, seltzers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and haven't so had them, but those are intriguing to me along the lines, same lines as this. Like it's not a ton of flavor, but it's refreshing at least, and has a little bit of hop to it. And for seventeen calories, like. My expectation yeah. is not like in that space. I just want it to taste like something, and this is definitely tastes. There's, there's, you know, sort of essence of beer in there, which mm. is maybe all you can reasonably expect. But you know, if I wanted something that wasn't, you know, Lacroix or something like that, it would be an option. I might my my holdup would probably be price because you know, for a fifty cent to a dollar. You know, seltzer, that's one thing, but I'm imagining these cost a little more. These were more, yeah. These were probably like nine bucks for a four pack. So it's the price points higher. I mean, it still pairs well. Cheese curds and beer are going to, you're really failing as a beer maker if you don't make something that pairs with a fried cheese curd. And this scratches an itch for me, although it is so light that, yeah, I would have preferred pairing it with the Yingling. Um, These cheese curds, though, very, very pairable. So thank you again. Wonderful. but yeah, no, I, I get everything you're saying. What's the old like LaCroix joke of like LaCroix tastes like somebody, you know, shouting strawberry from the other room. Yeah. That's kind of what this is like too. it. There is just a, there's like a touch of Kolsch, but I kind of like it. So no, you guys, I, that's great that you like it. Go to hell. <laughs> your, your, uh, tastes are valid, Joe. Their tastes Thanks. are valid. Thanks guys. And I hope you can enjoy it. One of you said that, but, um, <laughs> On yeah. a night where you don't want to I was drink. busy chewing. Yeah, I, I do enjoy it. Uh, I actually, honestly, don't know if I'll get another one because I do think 
uh, uh, athletic brewing is doing a lot more interesting stuff in yeah. the NA space than this, but I gave it a shot and I hope that surreal brewing company is making other stuff, you know, maybe add some more calories. I 100% and some agree with you though. That is an excellent name. It's a, it's such a good name. That's what drew me to it. I picked yeah, it up and I was brewing. like, Oh, that's the right way to name your brewing company. If you're making NAs. Yeah. You know, their mission is to proudly brew the healthiest line of beers in the world. Well, so, I, wow. I have to ask, since we're in the, the topic of sort of uh, beers met brewed to meet some sort of, uh, you know, health knee or whatever. Nick, I couldn't help but notice you brought over a ghost fish I did. beer. And I know I, I was like all of Cold Cans Nation, very saddened to learn of your uh, debilitating day. illness, um, <laughs> which did not debilitate you from eating some cheese curds. <laughs> Uh, I noticed. A little cheat or night. Or both of these little beers. Cheat night. Yeah. Yeah. A little uh-huh. cheat night for Nick. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> or the beers. But um, what is, 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 are there other gluten free breweries out there and are they any mm. good? Because I've had yeah, some ghost fish stuff before because they're local, but I don't right. know what else is out there. Yeah. Ghost fish is really close to me. So I do like a lot of their beers. This one in particular I have is not my favorite, but they do have a good. Um, well, why would you bring your favorite over to my house? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to waste it in the back one. of the fridge. Um, yeah, good question. I think there's a lot of people or a lot of breweries trying to do gluten-free stuff now, and a lot of them are just sweet, mm. which is, I think, just a factor of what they have to brew the beer with because it's it's often like, what, sorghum and uh, rice, maybe? Rice, yeah, yeah, exactly, rice. So, like, things that just have more sugar in them naturally. So, can you drink Budweiser? Does that bother you? Um, we we talked a, about that once with Bud Light. Right. Because it's not gluten free, but it is a rice beer. I I think it doesn't really bother me. They just sprinkle some gluten in there for fun, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 they do. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I I've been I have been trying to avoid it um, exclusively these days. Um, so I think once you start doing that, then it, you're much more sensitive to it. Once you do have some, of course. Um, there are no nothing comes to mind as like a good gluten free brewery. Nick though. is becoming paler and paler as this evening wears <laughs> yeah, on. Pass out in the chair. Well, you are. Are you? Do you feel like you feel not just I'm not sick anymore because I ate gluten? Do you feel any better or any different in the what few months? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you feel. Yeah, you it's look a totally good. fair you look question. Great. It's a totally fair question. You well, look, thank you. You look kind of hot. My doctor said to me, oh, so <laughs> which doctor, doctor are you going said to? to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same doctor. <laughs> I know, I know. He um, always gives me your charts when I go. <laughs> uh, to avoid getting you know too into it, yes, I do feel better. Good. You know? <laughs> Get into more details. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was very short. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, I'll now say this. The, there are thinking one uh, thing. One you know. thing that has gone away is like bloating. Yeah. Yeah. That That's was good. definitely... You know, not something I ever noticed because it was just normal to me mm. to be like, oh, yeah, eating just makes you like this. And yeah. I think cutting it out completely was just like, well, you don't have to feel like. And that's what I was you're asking. Explode. Yeah. Did yeah. you notice anything? Because you probably noticed like getting like sick if you ate gluten, which obviously you notice you don't get sick anymore. But did was there anything that you didn't think was going to change? And that's one. That's good. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. You look, you look great. We all look great. We're all that doing is great. Very untrue in this corner here, but thank <laughs> oh. you. Uh, hey, but you know what? We're out of this damn pandemic. That's We're right. Sitting in your living room, you hosted us. I know. We're breathing each other's. That's true. Droplets and aerosols, and that's you know, what Joey put in this yeah. in this Kolsch. Aerosolized Joey's aerosols. It's got some Kolsch aerosols. That's about it. <laughs> But that feels good. This is it does feel good. You know, have you guys felt like this happened? We're able to go out. CDC just came up straight up said you got your vaccine, you're fine. Yeah. Uh and there wasn't I guess in my head there was this big jubilation. There was this big we sure. made it. We you know, this was unimaginably difficult uh and and we're out the other side and the CDC citywide orgy I was hoping for a citywide orgy. <laughs> My doctor was telling me that there was going to. He thought one was coming, but uh, and, and gave you meds for doxycycline and stuff, or whatever the antibiotic is. What? I mean, I've never been prescribed it. Certainly, no. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I think that's something you're given for, for like diseases. For venereal diseases. Yeah. Oh, I see. So he preemptively gave me yeah. some. Yeah. Assuming the city orgy. But there's certainly, it's been a far cry from the city. I'm sorry, mom and dad, that you're listening to this. It's been a far cry from a city orgy. It's been kind of just like, all right. And then people are kind of like, 
like people at my my yeah. work the other day people were like oh we can go back to the office what's the appetite there and a ton of people were no i'm gonna kind of keep working here what are you talking about and our friends well, have gone that through a in couple particular things. i can understand of not wanting to go back into an office but i suppose but i don't know these are people who worked closely with you right yeah, your point. <laughs> no point. Um, but like, even our friends, we've noticed it too. Like, it doesn't seem like everybody's eager to run back out there. And I get that there's some hesitancy. But like, I don't know. Right. It feels like we, if you did your diligence this whole year and trusted the CDC as I did, which meant awful news day after day after day for 400 plus days, and I was like respecting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when the good news came, it was a little bit difficult to trust for a lot of people. Mm. You know, it was, it was not as easy to go, oh, good, we're out of it. They said right. we're out of it. We listened to them for 430 days. Uh, we should listen to them now. And I don't necessarily blame anyone, but it is a different feeling here in the end of May than I, I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I don't know if, you, if it resonates with either of you. I think that's a fascinating question. I mean, I I think that part of the deal is that for a lot of us who really did take quarantining and social distancing and all those things seriously, masking, et cetera, it was a little like you don't feel different when you get vaccinated. I mean, maybe you go have a little bit yeah. of, of a response. Some people obviously had more of one, but like you wake up and you still feel the same, yeah. basically. And it's a little bit, not that I don't have any, like I believe the vaccines are just as effective as they say, but it's, it's hard when you don't kind of have like any tangible thing to grab onto where it's like oh now things are different and i think part of it is like you know i mean this has been said in other quarters but like masks in particular and just the sort of like being cautious came to be so imbued with a a kind especially in a place like seattle you know it was what everyone was doing and it's like it's been like this weird like you know i noticed this a lot because i i take my son out to parks and stuff like that and you know he's worn a mask you know Lots of kids his age haven't, but he was interested in it because mom and dad were wearing masks and Mm. we got some for him and he wanted to be like us, which kids at that age want. And, you know, I've like, you notice, you know, fortunately for the height of it through much of the pandemic, most of the time people, certainly adults and, and plenty of kids at playgrounds and stuff like that would be masked. Now, when I'm fully vaccinated. Presumably many of the people who are going to the playgrounds with their kids are fully vaccinated. The kids aren't, which is its own thing. And with kids, you know, you have a different set of considerations, but I'm like trying to like, I'm not wearing my mask as much because I want it to like, not because I think that it was bad to mask before, but because I think there was this way in which like, we do kind of need to start signaling to one another. Like you got vaccinated. Like you are, safe like yeah like, like there's not it's a good zero percent risk but like yeah your risk of anything serious happening is so small that like w- the whole point of going through all the other shit was exactly. to eventually not have to do it exactly and like we certainly you know didn't know at various points like we could have hope for vaccines we could have hope that they would be somewhat efficacious but like they are so effective yeah like almost mind-blowingly so Mm-hmm. That like to to still kind of be like well like like I was talking to a cousin of mine who's you know doesn't have kids or anything like that and he was expressing how like he was still like he went out to eat with a friend and they sat outside and he was still kind of uncomfortable taking his mask off and I was like at this one point this is just like your own neuroses this isn't like a thing that is real it's just like your yeah. like your risk is like you're more likely to get stung by a bee and die sitting outside eating realistically than you are to like. Two vaccinated catch COVID from yeah. someone mm-hmm. and have it be any even honestly it's unlikely that even if you were to somehow contract the the virus that you would even know right and like right at some point like what are you like you know if you if you live your life without or like I think I said to him actually it was like you're gonna more likely to get in a car accident driving to or from the restaurant yeah than you ever would be to get sick from COVID now and like in that setting and like I get it I don't want to go to I'm not super inclined to go to a massive you know, indoor party. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not inclined to go to that for a lot of reasons, <laughs> yeah. but the virus is a convenient cover. But like, I don't, I would go to a baseball game and I'm just like, there's not like, you just, what are you afraid of at some yeah. point? It's just kind of yeah. jumping at shadows. Yeah. Well, I think what you said earlier, Joey, about like for 400 some days they were in it. It's so it is hard to flip that switch. Yeah. And I, in Seattle specifically, cause that's where we live. I, I think there's yeah some level of like people want to keep following the rules like what they yeah. thought were the rules, 
and they want to look down on people who they think aren't following the rules. And sure, there's something too about like, yes, um, you're you're almost not you're not likely to pass it to someone even if you if you're fully vaccinated, even if you're somehow infected, you'd be so asymptomatic you're very li- unlikely to pass it on to someone. But it's like people don't want to seem like they don't care about masks, right? So they want to wear the mask just so it seems outward that they care about it. Yeah. Even if they know internally that they don't really need to wear it for any real reason. And and there's some level of empathy there too, then somebody doesn't have to second yeah. guess when you approach them on the street, you put one right. on and you're just being respectful to others. But yeah, there has there's gonna be a point. And maybe I it think is just a lot a slow, of factors. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them psychological, like you were saying. And maybe it is just time. And by the time this yeah. time rolls around in the fall, it'll that'll all kind of fade away. But I, yeah, I guess I had this romantic idea of this, you know, citywide sure. orgy that we were all going to be part of. Burn your masks in the street. Burning the masks in the street, um, like my doctor told me, and then it didn't happen. But at the same time, you know, I'm happy we're, we are where we are. It just feels like, uh, yeah, we... we yeah, we went through a lot and we're yeah. not, I also we're very reluctant to accept good news. The other piece of this is like, an, and again, unsure to me, I think it's a Seattle or a Northwest thing to some extent. There is such a strong sense here. And, and even for maybe the two of you have picked up on it, not being from here, even potentially, like there is a way in which people here do not want to like show off. And I think there is a sense of like, that being like, whether it's whether it's other parts of the country or especially parts of the world where like people are not oh, being sure. vaccinated at the same rate. Like again, not oh. that it matters to any of those people whether someone in you know Ballard is going out yeah. to dinner, but like there's this idea that like well you know, so like I there's a there's a part of that that I respect and like it's that idea of trying to be considerate of other people. Yeah, but at the same time, there is a way where it becomes performative, and I kind of like, yeah. okay, but like, what good is it doing anyone for you to continue to behave as if you're not vaccinated? Yes, just because like you think it's it's you know again it's like it's a virtual or sorry it's a virtue signaling thing at a point when they're like it's one thing to signal that virtue when it I think is meaningful and like of course masking right. when it was when there wasn't weren't vaccines in january was, yeah, or, whatever, or yeah. you know last you know may or whatever right but like now if you're vaccinated it is kind of like i mean i think the message we should be putting out is like these vaccines are fucking awesome and like mm-hmm. you can go back to living basically the life you led before i mean yeah. maybe not in every last single way but like meaningfully for people who have been vaccinated as far as we can tell the the pandemic is over, right? It, it's not mm-hmm. mitigated. It's over, yeah. and like, yeah, I'm not saying you know maybe the the citywide orgy wasn't going to happen, but like, it is a little weird <laughs> that crossed. there's still Damn it. that there is still this um, like I you know see people on the street wa- like out walking their dogs wearing masks, and right. I mean, again, maybe some of them aren't vaccinated, although. And maybe some, you know, some people can't be like, there's always that there's a section of the population there, but I think we're both hitting the same point there. Like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people who can be and are, and we're still like, we don't know how to feel. I don't think anybody's being malicious. I just think it's, it makes sense. But I felt like I personally, again, I took all that advice so seriously, pessimistically for 430 days, Mm -hmm. I felt like I paid my price. And then when the good advice came, I was kind of, it kind of felt like I was like, all right, let's all go celebrate. And everybody's like, Oh, hold on that. I I don't know how to describe that more than that felt like the vibe. Um, and yeah, maybe this is not enough of a celebration for you. Well, until tonight, the fried cheese curds really cemented. This is as good as a citywide orgy. Uh, (laughs) I mean, just you wait. <laughs> these uh these cheese curds were were truly lovely and i already feel them uh weigh, weighing me down in the right exact way that fried nice. cheese curds should it's very funny i will tell a brief cheese curd story because uh you yeah. will appreciate this so you know caitlin when we met extolled the virtues of cheese curds to me and you know i believed her but also was like ah, you know whatever and uh did you meet at nyu or no no we met here oh we met in seattle yeah, yeah, got, yeah. It. got it no I, we have not known each other quite that long okay um and uh i and so after we had been dating for uh not quite a year we went to wisconsin um and like one of the very first things we had upon arriving in milwaukee was 
we were fried cheese curds and I had them. I was like, Oh, I understand. <laughs> like now I get why you're, why these matter to you. Um, because I'd had them here, but like, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. And, uh, no, and yeah, so they're really not. I, uh, I bow to the, uh, general Wisconsin cheese industry, which yeah. is, uh, a, a remarkable industry. Cold cans nation by and large bows to that industry. Oh, it's yeah. remarkable. Oh yeah. Um, the cheese a- I fried myself earlier tonight, which I told you guys before the show, yeah, was, what was that? I think it was Galbani frying cheese, which is a, the I think square, that's a Wisconsin the re- yeah, yeah, square yeah. things. Yeah, those are good. It's a Wisconsin company as well. But you didn't deep fry them, right? You just pan no, fried pan fry, pan fry, yeah. pan fried yeah. cheese. Just a little appetizer before you're yeah, yeah, just something deep light. Fried cheese. Before something we light. came on here and had some deep fried cheese. <laughs> yeah. uh, should we take the bullet train Let's home? Rank it. Yeah, baby. Um, I didn't think you guys did this anymore. Well, it, it's it's rank. It's a new or, beer, so drank or rank. What was our thing? But what, then yeah, rank was, is good, right? <laughs> and drank is bad. And drink yeah. is bad enough that we don't want to rank it. I think before yeah. we decide whether we want to rank it, we should get the non-canonical uh, yes. review. Oh my goodness! Uh, I mean, I, I think that uh, you know, you guys have always had an interesting approach to beers of this ilk. In that, like. I think it's really hard to say to compare beers where, you know, Yingling does make other beers. But frankly, if you say, if you talk about the brewery, like, I don't know, this probably accounts for 80% of their production or something. I was just pulling that number out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But like, and, and you know, that's what people think of in the same way that, you know, a lot of the other breweries you guys have ranked, you know, that's kind of where they the thing that they're known for. And, and so, you know, what my feelings about this are going to be colored by my own, you know, my nostalgia for it to some yes, extent. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's all, you know, valid. I, I think to me where, as we talked about way at the beginning, you know, where Yingling a little bit sets itself apart is it is a different flavor profile than most of the other kind of regional ish iconic beers. You know, it is not, you would never blindly mistake this for, you know, any of the beers that you guys discussed um, because it has such a different flavor profile. And um, mm-hmm. I happen to like it uh, quite a bit. And I think, you know, I think it fits comfortably in with, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, your various light beers, your, uh, you know, lineos, et cetera, right? Like it's, it's, it's of that genre. And so, you know, where you place it maybe depends a little bit on your own, history or lack thereof with it, but it's, I think mm-hmm. it, it is in that vein for sure. Fair point. I agree with Fair it. Argument. Even without the history, I can feel the history. You yeah. Can, you can tell it's that people cool enjoyed this. Yeah. In there. And uh, I like that it's, you know, up till now anyway, specifically an East coast thing. That's the only time I'd ever had it previously. So I was connected to those travels. I think that's cool as well. When I used to travel for work, this was the beer I would take uh, to my hotel and drink by myself. Perfect. Uh, a six pack. Turn on uh, HBO or Sports Center. Yeah, and you decompress, and I get a six pack. I was there for a few nights. Now I leave a couple in the room because I couldn't get through sure, them. Sure, that's a tip. Yeah, that, that is the only <laughs> tip I'm leaving. No, I always tip the, the if, house. The, now, if there were two beds, two queens, would you eat and drink in one bed and sleep in the other? Yeah, I've heard this this theory. I use it as the closet. I unpack on the other bed, yeah. and then all my socks and everything are out and about. But um, then I'll just eat and drink in the bed. That's kind of like one of the things sure. I like Under about the sheets, yeah, yeah. being kind of alone okay. there in the hotels. I can um, don't have Be to like do the dishes or whatever. I can just sleep in the bed with the food. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think we should rank it because I think there's just yeah, an this absolutely, is rank. <laughs> yeah, this is absolutely rank. And we sh- there's a clear. There is a clear. It's like we set it up for it. Yeah, we set it up for it. I think we're both on the same wavelength. We could three, two on it, but I know exactly what number you're going to say because I'm going to say the exact same number. Wow. I this is I'm 100 percent sure. And three. I'll give you a little hint just <gasps> to make sure we're on the same page. It's going to be rip and replace. We're not going to push the 100 down. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, oh, I'm okay shit. with then that. We're not I'm probably, okay with that. Then we're probably not doing the same thing. 
Oh, really? Because you you clearly know what I was saying if uh, you did. So you fucking idiot. Just Three, th- two, two, one, one 34. 34. You did know the whole time. I knew you well, knew. No, I just wasn't going to rip and replace. I was just going to be, yeah, bump it down. But no, I, I like rip and replace. Wisconsin no, yeah, it's an organization. Perfect. It's perfect. If they made it this far into this episode, you're going to get another Instagram comment. <laughs> yeah, Bring it on, drink Wisconsin and Bleed. Come down yeah, to Five Serve Forum and send fight Marv us. Albert after you. Yeah. Exactly. Because yes. we got, we got yes. Kenny Albert on our side, baby. <laughs> <laughs> does Kenny have a, a trademark? I don't think he does. No? He well, has far fewer kind of uh, signature calls the way that Marv does. Okay, he'll get there. Can you get Kenny on our show? Or? <laughs> yeah, call up Kenny. <laughs> he only appears on the Vine Bear podcast. <laughs> Damn it. I have heard him a few times. Um, Zach, thanks not only for taking the time to be on the show, but for hosting us. You should really thank, thank my wife. Very much. And yes. Thank you, Caitlin. She, Caitlin she fried and- the cheese. I just... Sat here and drank beer. <laughs> That's uh, true. And and Willett uh, for his, his yeah. presence throughout. He's, he's zonked. Taking a little bit of a nap on the couch now. <laughs> he had but... a few yinglings before you got here. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was lovely. End to end. Yes, and thank you for procuring this uh, East Coast beer for us. Yeah, it's lovely. I, I all I had to do was open my door and accept the UPS shipment. But you're very welcome. It was a lot of work. <laughs> no finer tradition for cold cans nation than shipping beer, either UPS or USPS or FedEx. Uh, and we're waiting on a shipment of beer, I think, for one. We'll see. Anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Yeah.